Welcome back to the Media Circus Podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Taisha Bradley, celebrity publicist. And can you believe it, guys? This is episode 11 of the Media Circus Podcast. And I'm so proud to say that because it has been a struggle, but we're getting better, we're getting stronger, and our guests are getting more and more major. And I'm so excited to introduce you to a major guest today. We have Miss Tanisha Laverne Grant. She's a multi-award entertainment journalist and broadcast entrepreneur who has single-handedly carved out a career for herself in the competitive space of entertainment journalism, securing placement with the largest tent poles in Hollywood, including the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the NAACP Images Awards, the Critic Choice Awards, and so many more. She's interviewed countless luminaries, including the Oprah Winfrey, Robert De Niro, Samuel Jackson, Will Smith, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita, Annie Lennox, Jamie Lee Curtis, Viola Davis, and my favorite, Angela Bassett, and many more. Known for her elegant red carpet style and thought-provoking questions, Tanisha Laverne Grant has become a favorite amongst the Hollywood elite and the Media Circus podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is a joy to be here with you today. Super excited about the opportunity to talk with you. Yes, thank you so much for being here. I know that you are a busy lady because I see you on IG and I see you on the red carpet on TV. We see you everywhere. It is such an honor to have you here and to speak to you. I have so many things that I want to talk to you about and ask you about. But first, listen, your style precedes you. So I dressed up for you today. Oh, you look amazing. a little... Yeah, I see. You look amazing. I did it for you before. I did it for everybody. Soft luxury. Oh, wow. I didn't put my hoops on. I I started to. I didn't know how you were coming today. So a girl had to be prepared. (laughs) I started to. And I said, you know what? Nah. You know, I'll just do just a very small diamond stud. Yes, that's look amazing. That's normally what I have, but you look amazing. I love you in these hoops. I love you with these hoops. Thank you. I could go put some on on a break. I'll put some. Listen, I'm probably gonna take these off on the break because (laughs) I don't know how you manage. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being here. Um, so in a nutshell, how would you say um you describe what you do? What is your official media title? Let's start there. My official media title is I am an entertainment journalist. I'm an entertainment journalist and broadcast entrepreneur. So I primarily work independently a lot, which is why the broadcast entrepreneur component uh, exists in my title, because I own all of my interviews, unless, of course, I am on television and doing segments, you know, with the mainstream big media outlet. But when I'm covering red carpets, I curate, you know, all of the content. I hire my own team 
and I own all of that IP, all of that intellectual property, and it gives me the opportunity to license that content to other network. Uh, one of the networks that I've had the opportunity to work with closely and license content to is Arise News out of Lagos, Liger out of Lagos, Nigeria, and the UK. I've had a close working relationship with them for a few years now, and they have licensed a lot of my content. So it just goes back to you know ownership being key. You know, like content is king, but distribution is queen. So like once you have the content, like everybody talks a lot about content, 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 but what are you doing with the content? How is the content making you money? Are you able to license the content? Do you know how to license the content? You know, so uh, that's why the broadcast entrepreneur component, again, is really big. But, you know, to my base, to my education, I am a journalist. I am a, I am a hard news journalist. I come from a hard news background. I studied, I studied journalism at Cheney University of Pennsylvania. And for those of you who don't know, Cheney University of Pennsylvania is the oldest HBCU. It was founded in 1837. We've had some amazing journalists graduate from there, including the late uh, Emmy Award winning Ed Bradley, uh, who was an amazing journalist, amazing. His career started at CBS, at WDAS in Philadelphia, uh, and he went on to have a, a long career uh, with CBS, and we know him for his work on 60 Minutes. Yes, legendary. You know, he passed away several years ago. And we also had uh, Jim Vance out of D.C., uh, who was with NBC for quite some time. He passed as well. But, you know, these are industry giants. Uh, these men are and will um, and have gone down in history of as some of the greatest journalists of, of, of their generation. And so for them to come from Cheney University, you know, and being able to impress upon students like myself, you know, how important it is to tell story and to take your time telling the story, you know, to add integrity and honor yeah. to the story. Um, and I think that's kind of lost today in the clickbait culture where everything is so fast, so fast, yeah. put out. Um, it's so vapid and it's so salacious these days. It's almost hard sometimes for me to um, keep my footing and 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 figure out, you know, um, do I need to do another pivot? Right. Um, mm. you know, yeah. the There's a lot of pivoting going on in the media yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm a journalist to my core. Like, I love sitting down with people. I love telling story. I love engaging people. I love speaking with, you know, our thought leaders, um, icons. You know, those who are, um, you know, challenging the status quo. You know, a couple nights ago, I had the honor of attending the birthday party for Jason Lee, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Hollywood Unlocked. You know, and this is a man who has made his own way in Hollywood. You know, when big outlets, mainstream outlets were pretty much, you know, closing the door on him or deciding he did not fit, you know, whatever their idea was or is. Yes. Uh, a journalist in the mainstream space, you know, he made his own way. And that's kind of similar to what I did. So uh, he and I are kind of kindred spirits in this whole, you know, entertainment journalist, broadcast entrepreneur, having to go out and create your own pathway to it. Um, but yes. yeah, but it's, it's still, again, for me, the biggest part is, okay, I really believe that cream always rises to the top. 
you know, and it doesn't matter like what's out there. I know that there is a landing spot, you know, for my particular style of storytelling, you know, and I believe in telling, telling, telling story, of course, with uh, the interviewee in mind. It's about the interviewee. It's like I'm telling their story. You know, so it's research, it's development, it's watching their movies, it's watching their interviews, it's knowing if they have any sort of 501c3s, charities, it's getting to know the interviewee really from the inside out, you know, and again, you know, I don't know what's happening with journalism today. I'm really interested to see, you know, what's going to take shape. You know, even within the next two years, you know, what will journalism look like? Because you have a lot of young journalists who have so much apprehension about even coming into the career anymore because, you know, the pay isn't there. You know, you still, right, you still have to go from market to market to market to market to market to market. Um, and the cost of living, you know, really doesn't fall in line with that system. You know, Right. Which is why it's really good that, you know, people have these opportunities to create their own spaces and their own lanes and generate their own income and revenue and ads. Because, you know, when you are hopping around from station to station and, you know, your rent is at base in Kansas, maybe like, I don't know, sixteen hundred dollars and you're making twelve dollars an hour as a production assistant. It's um, it's really difficult really, really, really difficult to make a living that way and to stay happy and to come to work with a level of enthusiasm and dedication. So there's a lot of work that we have to do um, in journalism. Definitely. I I agree. That's why I commend journalists so much. Um, I've been in PR for over 20 years. And Mm. so I've worked closely with journalists, you know, befriended journalists the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I've been on the side where it seems like, you know, you see these people on TV and they're here, there, and everywhere. Their hair looks great and their outfits look great. But, you know, and then, but then I've also known those people well and know that they're not well paid or compensated for the amount of hours and times. Mm-hmm. I've seen journalists, you know, literally come from one city to the next, you know, to do a story and all they have is, you know, their notebook and a camera person. And so they're recording, you know, they're getting there, they're recording, literally sitting in the car, writing notes, editing, like working before they even get back. And like, you know, this is someone who's a morning reporter and it's well into the afternoon. So like, sis, don't you have to be back up at like zero dark 30 soon? Like the way that you all, that media is not just a career it's a lifestyle it really is a lifestyle yes i really want people to know that and the media cycle never ends so there's never any downtime if anything there's more uptime <laughs> well you know i i've i've learned to take my downtime that's important yes because burnout is real you don't want to burn out take your downtime you know, the whole thing that we're talking about, you know, soft life, yes. health and wellness, work-life balance. No, take your downtime. Take mm-hmm. your downtime because if you don't, this industry will take you down. Yes. It will take you down. You it's have to say, you know what? Um, you know, when you get a pitch, just be like, you know what? Can we revisit this? Let me say this. Not everyone has the same level of freedom that I do. 
because I work essentially for myself. Yes. Unless, of course, you know, I'm doing freelance opportunities with another network that's that's different. But for the most part, you know, I am working for myself and I take my downtime. Uh, and when I get a pitch, you know, can you do can you do you mind interviewing such and such? If I'm in my downtime, I will just kindly say, can we circle back? Can we discuss these dates? I have these dates available. You don't necessarily have to say you know, I'm not working this week or, you know, I'm having a rough time. You just kindly reply. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm super excited to talk to your uh, talent about their upcoming film, music, book, whatever the case may be. I do have these dates available. Let's discuss. Let's get it on the calendar because taking your downtime is um, you should be a priority. And you can't be a great storyteller. You cannot be a great storyteller if you are not taking care of yourself. You are the purveyor. You know, so it's really important that you care for yourself, that you take that downtime, that you that you study, that you take those walks, that you become one with yourself. Um, because that is what makes you a great journalist, is taking that time with yourself, you know, and yes. being able to be sensitive, right? Yes. We have so many journalists that um, follow the podcast that are fans and listeners. And so I hope that everyone listening really listen and, you know, take that from someone like you who definitely knows the business, you know, and knows how to work it. Like there has to be some kind of balance as well. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. That reminder is definitely needed to so many of my media friends. Now, we talked um, a good bit about stories. You talked about stories. And so we know that you do a lot of interviews and you hear a lot of stories and you tell a lot of stories. Can you please talk to us about what makes a good story? What makes a great story is authenticity and great connectivity with the person you are interviewing. Research and development is key. You know, if you are a lifelong learner, when you get to the interview, let's just say you're interviewing somebody like Lawrence Fishburne, right? You should already be aware of his body of work. You should already have seen Apocalypse Now, and you should know that one of his early films was Cornbread Earl and Me. Uh, having a great interview really is about the knowing. How much do you know about this particular talent? How much do you know about their work? How much do you do research and development? And research and development is every day. Every day you're doing research and development. I don't care if you're just taking, you know, a walk or if you go to a wine tasting. You know, I just did a hike up in Malibu, you know. And let's just say, for example, I get into an interview with Gwyneth Paltrow and she starts talking about, you know, wine. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, have you ever tried the Malibu wine hike? And, you know, that that's part of an organic conversation. You know, you want to have healthy and organic conversations. And the way that you do that is to live your craft, you know, you're constantly watching, you know, movies that you wouldn't ordinarily watch, you know, watch some of, you know, Alfred Hitchcock, Birds, you know, watch um, Barton Fink, you know, some of these earlier movies, you know, sit down and and study. If, if you have not gone to J school and by J school, I mean journalism school, if you have not studied journalism, you know, Google a journalism masterclass. You know, I live in Los Angeles. I live downtown, not too far from USC. As a constant, as a part of my continuing education, I am always at a USC journalism workshop. Some of them are open to the public. I'm like, oh, 
okay, cool. I don't have to pay this USC uh, graduate tuition. I can just nice. sit, sit here um, and take this workshop, you know, with the fellow students, you know, so it's like, you have to be a lifelong learner. You know, being a great journalist is being a lifetime learner. That is the anatomy of a great story. That is the anatomy of a great interview is constantly being aware. I mean, there's a bookcase behind me, books. What are you reading? The more you yes. read, the more you increase your vocabulary, right? Vocabulary yes. is key, right? The more you read, the more you increase your vocabulary. The more you read, you become a better storyteller, right? And you have conversation pieces. You know, if someone says, oh, you know, I just read so-and-so, can you say me too? Oh, I just read that too. Mm, right. Right. Yes. Those stories, the communication is the key. Yeah. yeah. Right. Those are great tips for those who um, are going to be telling stories like you. Now, for my entrepreneurs, which is predominantly my podcast, right? And so we would like to be featured in the media, have our stories told. What do you consider a good story? Like if I was pitching something to you, pitching a story idea to you, what would be the elements that would make you say, hmm, that's interesting or that's not interesting or let me think about it or definite no. Like what are those elements that we should be thinking of when we're pitching our stories to journalists? Well, it depends on the type of journalist. So, you know, I'm an entertainment journalist. My space is entertainment news. You know, it's television, film, you know, so if you're pitching me a story about uh, a doctor or, or something happening, you know, overseas, you're pitching the wrong journalist. You're pitching the wrong journalist. If you're pitching me um, what's happening in the economy, you're pitching the wrong journalist. If you say, oh, you know, there's this young actress who's, you know, coming out of DC and, you know, she has aspirations to do X, Y, and Z, None I'm interested. None I'm really interested because I also like to follow the careers of people. I love archive footage. You know, I have this wonderful interview that I did with a young Ethan Hutch who played Blue in Queen Sugar. You know, he was about seven years old and now he's probably, I think he's like 14. Is he? You know? <laughs> like the baby. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So to have this interview of him when he was just not, wait, hold up. He wasn't even seven because he didn't have any teeth. He had just, so that's around like six or six. Yeah. Yeah. So to have that interview for me is, is, is gold, gold, gold. When you're you're pitching, you have to really understand like who you're pitching, like what type of journalist you're pitching. You know, that's, that's, that's the chink of the chain. Yes, that's that's the number one thing that all journalists say on the podcast. Like, (laughs) you need to be pitching things that are relevant to me and what I produce. Yeah. Number one. (laughs) That's it. That's it. I mean, I get pitches all the time and I'm like, that's not my wheelhouse. But I get it. I get it. Right. And that's why this 
podcast exists because I want to help people have at least the minimum foundation of, you know, what, what pitching is, you know, what the house rules are, you know, what those common courtesies are so that they um, have the opportunity to actually be heard and like get through. And that so that you all are not bombarded with, you know, hundreds and thousands of emails that are off pitch, off centered, not helpful at all. Right. Right. You know, and for those who really follow my work, they know that I, I cover a lot of red carpets. That was, that was what I locked into for the past decade, red carpets, Mm -hmm. red carpets. Mm -hmm. So publicist, you know, who had a red carpet activation, a Hollywood red carpet activation for a premiere or an award show is just like, oh, Tanisha Laverne Grant, let's pitch her to come out here. You know, so know the journalists, know what their, know what their space is, their quote beat is. Um, And, you know, don't always pitch blindly, you know, be deliberate and cultivate those relationships. You know, don't be afraid to ask for a coffee meeting or, you know, a courtesy 15 minute conversation. Don't ask to pick my brain. Don't do that. Oh yeah. I think everybody's over that, you know, being done to them, you know, doing it to other people. It's, it's oh, very old. <laughs> my rate. You put it in my pocket. You put $250 yes. in my pocket, right? Yes. One yes, hour. There's, there's a coach, a business coach that I follow on Instagram. I love her so much. And she has this little spiel that she posts every now and then to remind everyone of how to say no. And, you know, you say, oh, you know what? People ask me that all the time. And I'm so glad that you asked. And I would love to help you. People ask me this often. So guess what? I have this package or, you know, this booking <laughs> that you can schedule for yourself yeah. <laughs> and I'll yeah. be able to help you, you know, just kind of divert it and let people know yeah. that you do that a lot, but yeah, yeah. Don't, so we don't do that anymore. Don't insult, <laughs> don't insult people by asking them to pick their brains. Don't do that. Yes. So yeah. you talked about cultivating a relationship um, with journalists and that's something that I'm very big on. Um, I will say that, you know, I've been following you for a long time and, you know, watching mm-hmm. your posts and everything. Um, yeah. A way that I cultivate relationships with a journalist is that when, you know, I come across a journalist's work or we work together or, you know, I just come across them. What as I do is I follow them on social media. And so then I don't have any kind of plan after that. I just follow them on social. And then if I naturally organically see your post and like it, or it's funny, or I want to say something like I just do. And I let it kind of naturally happen. Then I start to feel like I kind of know her or she's funny or she talks to me, you know, yeah. and it kind of brings it bearer down. So then when I do send the message like to you, you know, it's not the very first time right. <laughs> that I've ever said something to you or like, you know, something that you've shared. And so building a rapport with, with journalists, I feel like it's just that easy, you know, but I don't like the force kind of thing because you all can like spotted a mile away. (laughs) You know, it's such, we live in such a delicate time, you know, we live in such a delicate time with this social media thing, right? Because social media, you know, does create this, um, this, again, this synthetic idea of a relationship, right? But you really don't know that person. You know, um, social media, it, it really is about, you know, you're showing your best work, 
you're trying to make business contacts. Like it still really is like a business, you know? And so like I pitch, you know, like right now I'm in the process of, of pitching for television appearances, you know, getting ready for fall, you know? And so I am constantly, constantly pitching and, you know, some producers I follow on social media, you know, I may drop them a DM and be like, you know, just saw your last interview, just saw this particular segment, really great. You know, some of them may reply back. Most of them do not. Most of them do not. Um, but you don't you don't harass. You don't keep harassing people. Um, but you do the light engage like you do. Um, you, you engage them on social. You like their posts. You put a comment down. But it really is important to do a um, a pitch to me. You know, see how that works. You know, like, hello, you know, good day. I hope this memo finds you in the greatest of spirits today. You know, I know that you're the producer of X, Y, and Z show. Wondering if you had the opportunity for a 15-minute coffee. You know, if they respond, great. If they don't, you know, follow up again in another, you know, 60 days. But, you know, you have to keep going. You have to keep pitching, but you just can't, like, don't don't browbeat. Yes. Like, right. Don't, yes. Don't brown, browbeat because you have to be consistent. Yes, definitely. That is a great, that's a great yeah. tip. Because people, people the way that we would receive. Right. People do get really busy. Don't take it personal. Like, don't don't do that. Don't take it personal. Yes. You know, but just, just follow up. Lightly following up here. Softly following up. You know. Softly following up. I like that. Softly follow up. Yeah. <laughs> and tell them that. This is a soft follow up. Say it. This is, write it. This is a soft follow up. This is a soft follow up. I like that. I'm going to try that <laughs> and see what that is. That's no pressure. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Because nobody wants to feel like, you know, you're an albatross right. on their neck. Like, oh, God. Mm -hmm. You know, and get into the rooms. Yes. Get into the rooms. How do you recommend people get into the rooms? If people, I have so many people, you know, everyone wants to get to this TV, right? It's the ultimate goal. What are some suggestions, ways that people who would like to make their way in front of producers, directors, distributors, what are things that they could be doing right now in their career to get in the rooms or set themselves up for success when they are in the room? Okay, so everybody on social loves to show that they're at an event. You know, everybody's, you know, I'm here, I'm everywhere, you're never there. But before I get in a room, I say to myself, what is your why? What is your why? Like, what are you going for when you get in a particular room? And one thing I did when I first started, um, the idea, when the idea came to me that I wanted to return to church, that I wanted to return to journalism, but I wanted to return to journalism in the entertainment space via red carpet opportunities. I started attending all of the film festivals and I just locked in on how those red carpets were ran, who was running the red carpets, how long the red carpets um, activated for. And I learned who those publicists were on those red carpets. And I started pitching those publicists so that I can cover those red carpets. If you're not coming in as a journalist, 
just yet. You're just coming in as a voyeur of sorts to kind of understand the landscape. It really is important to attend film festivals. Everybody's at the film festivals. Distributors are at the film festivals. Actors are at the film festivals. Actors are always looking for press. Actors are always looking for an opportunity to talk about their careers and what they have coming down the pipeline, especially emerging talent, because NBC is not really interested in talking to an emerging talent right now, but you are. Right. Yes. You are. You know, so identify emerging, emerging talent, those fresh faces, those young directors, those young actors, you know, those young producers, you know, and say, hey, you know, I have a podcast or can we do Instagram live? You know, I saw your 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 independent film. But when you go into a room before you even get into the room, you identify your why. Outside of the photo op that you want to post yes. on Instagram for, for clout, mm -hmm. you know, what is your, what's the long-term why to move your career path forward? Can you give us some examples of some of your whys that you consider before you go into a room? Yeah, some of the whys that I consider before I go into the room is I identify like four people that I want to network with, that I want to meet and introduce myself to. So... That becomes like my why. That way I'm not at the event kind of, you know, like a fish out of water, just kind of flopping around, running around the event. No, I identify my four people, sometimes five, like my top five. And I focus on those people. You know, for example, earlier this year, I covered the 95th Academy Awards, the first year that they had the champagne carpet. Really, really great event. It is my favorite event to cover. It closes out award season for me. And I wanted to meet the president of ABC, Kim Godwin. Um, and I worked with Kim, Kim Godwin when I was a young intern and editor at NBC 10 in Philadelphia. One of my former colleagues, um, Velvet Allen, <laughs> DM'd me and was just like, Kim is at the Oscars you know, make sure you meet her, make sure you get in her face. And so at the let out, I just casually sat down, had my coffee and the let out of course is when everybody is leaving the Oscars, you know? Yeah. And so I just casually took a seat and I said, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and see if she comes out. And lo and behold, she came out. You know, we talked about, you know, my early days at NBC 10 in Philadelphia when she was an assistant news director. So we're talking about the mid 90s, which was amazing because Kim Godwin was one of the very first young African-American women directors in television news in Philadelphia, which is the fourth largest market in the industry. And she's an HBCU alum, FAMU. Um, so it was great to be under her leadership. And so to have this full circle moment with her at this year's Academy Awards was just bar none. And I, she gave me her, her telephone number, direct telephone number, her like her mobile number um, and her email. And so I softly correspond with Kim Godwin and reach out to her, um, you nice. know, for just for allyship, you yes. know, like nurture those opportunities. You know, another why I have, of course, is, all right, so once I identify, you know, my top five or my four people that I want to, you know, see when I'm at the Oscars, 
okay, I need about four solid photo ops too, right? And these photo ops are good because they go into my media kit. You know, so yeah. this year at the Academy Awards, I had a great photo op with Ruth Carter, who won a second Academy Award for her work as best co best costume design for the Black Panther, the second Black yeah. Panther, yeah. Um, on it forever. You know, so great photo op. So I see Kim Godwin. I take a photo with her. I see Ruth Carter. I have a photo with her. I see... Um, Oh my goodness, Ryan Coogler, the director of yes. uh, Black Panther, photo out with him. You know, and so all these, you know, they go into my media kit. It's not so much for social media. Social media is great. Like, of course, social media, you get like the who's the ahs, the you go girl, I see you. The likes. <laughs> right. The other important component of that is this is a photo that goes into my media kit. That media way I can continue to shop myself you know, for other collaborations, strategic partnerships and opportunities to either, you know, be a guest lecturer and talk about, you know, the path forward in journalism, to be uh, a moderator of a panel, you know, so to see it, you know, in my media kit marks the time, it's current, the Oscars just happened this year. So I like to have these assets as, as we call them, to help continue to sell my brand, to sell my career, to keep it on the path of, you know, upward achievement and mobility, you know? So identify your whys, like, why are you in the room? Who do you want to meet? How long are you going to stay there? You know, like, are you here to party or are you here to helpfully, um, you know, curate a, a, a community of colleagues mm -hmm. who can help take your career to the next level? You know, nice. you know, and yes. also think about like what you can offer too. you know, if you're going to be in conversation with someone like Kim Godwin, who's the president of ABC, you know, so what, what are you bringing to the organization? Right. Nice. Okay. What do you, what are you bringing, you know? And so you think about, you know, what you're offering. Don't just be on the take. Don't mm -hmm. be on the take. Be on the collaboration, you know, talk about what you can offer, you know, like what is your elevator pitch? Like, how do you sell yourself? You know, if you're, if you're standing next to Oprah Winfrey or, you know, Byron Allen, you know, Byron Allen is a giant in media, like, yes. you know, but before Jason Lee, you know, Byron Allen, he is not a game, you know, so Maybe. if you're, Room. Another legend. <laughs> right. If you're in a room with Byron Allen, you know, what do you have prepared to say to him about your career and how you can be an asset and not a liability to his uh, legacy in media? Yeah. You know, so that's my approach to all media, whoever yeah. it is. How can I be an asset and not a liability? I think so many people go into it, you know, they have something that they want to share or they want to promote and they're thinking of it in a, in a selfish way. But I always say, stop, think about how that is going to help that person's audience, because that is all that they're going to be thinking about. It's great news for you. Yay. Tell your mama them. <laughs> yeah. Why is this news for everyone? How does this help? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. everyone, how does this help that audience? So thank you yeah. for that. So tell me, what all is in your media kit? Every, okay, so what is in my media kit are, 
this is an introduction. Uh, it's a breakdown of who I am in my career and the yeah. things that I have accomplished in my career. You know, so when you open my media kit, you see like a red carpet, you see images of me in my evening gowns. So, okay, she's, again, she's, she's graceful, she's elegant, and she has a career in Hollywood, which is not an easy space to break into and to have the level of success that I have. Absolutely. I thank God every day. I thank God every day for it. You know, and so also in my media kit is the brands that I have worked for or have had partnerships with. You know, that is in my media kit, you know, nice. NBC, ABC, Fox, Hulu, Amazon, right? You know, also in my yes. media kit are, you know, interviews like this, you know, so if yes. this were in the reverse, I would have a screenshot of this interview and you'd be able to tap the picture and go directly to the interview from its landing page, which would be on yes. a site that I cover the interview for, you know, but what's really important that one is able to see in my media kit is my reach. So not only do I cover entertainment news in Hollywood, right? So you get to see all of my assets from the Golden Globes, from the Academy Awards, um, you know, the Critics' Choice Awards, the celebration of Black cinema. You know, it shows that I work in this space and I'm able to work in this space consistently at a high level because I have relationships with big PR firms. And that's really critical. Really, 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 really critical to have great relationships with the large PR firms like Slate, Rubenstein, mm -hmm. Sunshine Sachs. And it's really important to turn your work into those publicists. That's how you stay on their press list. That's how you continue to get the media invites. And I'm talking to those who are working as the entrepreneur. Yes. Because you're doing all this for yourself. When you're working or freelancing for another outlet, there's an editor who is going to do that for you and they will assign you. But because, yes. you know, I'm doing the whole kit and caboodle by myself, I'm doing it all, you know? And so it's really important for me to turn my work in on time and have my work be competitive, just as competitive as if you were watching an interview on Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight or E. You know, nice. you see that in my yeah. media. I thought I sent you my media kit. Did you see it or are you just asking for? I'm asking kit? for for everyone who's listening who might not know what a media kit is or is curious right. about some of the things that people have in media kits in real life and not just what I tell them. <laughs> right. Right. So also I, I try and keep my media kit. I try to show a little bit of the history of of, mm -hmm. of my work and also how current it is. So yes. at this year's Oscars, I had a great interview in the media room with Jamie Lee Curtis. I opened the floor when she came in. I was the first journalist that um, yes. organizers tapped to ask a question. Watch it today. Oh, thank you. So that interview, of course, is in my media kit because number one, it shows that I'm at the Oscars, that I have a great relationship with the Academy, that I can engage you know, A-list actors, A-list talent, you know, in a media room in a very, you yes. know, thought-provoking, fully engaged interview. It shows that, which is really important. And it shows the reach because when you are in a media room at an award show, every outlet 
in that room will pick up your interview. So not only did that interview, my question ran on the sites that I cover for, but it also ran on Variety because they had a feed, Hollywood Reporter because they had a feed, Entertainment Tonight because they had a feed. And when you think about all of the other media tentacles that those big outlets have, their television station, their YouTube channel, their online, Twitter, the Jamie Lee interview, the question that I did with Jamie just, and that's what you want, you know? So it it shows my reach. So that's the most important. Those are the most important components of my media kit is the activations that I've been able to cover, Mm -hmm. you know, how high the tempos are, the relationships that I have with the publicists to be able to, for them to include me and my brand, you know, in that activation. So it shows the relationships and the consistency yes. um, and my reach, you know, that's, yes. that, like, that's the most important, you know, and really? of course, right. And, and of course it shows, um, you know, some of the big name actors that I've had the opportunity to engage with also, which is really huge as well. Yes. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it's one thing to teach people and tell them, you know, this is what you need. And these are the things that go in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like, okay, well, I have this, I have that. I'll work on that. What I don't know, listen to me. I know (laughs) what you need. And you covered so many of those things, you know, like the reach and like some of your work, how people want to see how you present on camera, you know, before (laughs) they even consider you. So to my listeners and my followers, and people who I coach, I'm telling you about this media kit. Yeah, it's seriously. <laughs> I I have a page that says, you know, United States, U.S. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so it shows the things, the outlets that I've covered for in the U.S. Then it also has global reach. You know, so under my U.S. reach, I have you know, Pix11 News, New York. I contribute to Pix11, so it'll have you know my recent you know in studio interviews that I've done. Um, as a contributor to Pix11. You know, so it'll be a screenshot of me sitting on their lovely cream couch that I love, talking to talent. You tap it, you know, and it'll say in the media kit, please tap photo for an interactive experience. So you tap the photo, it'll take you right to the interview. Mm -hmm. Then another page will say global reach, you know, and for my global reach, it has Good Morning Britain. I've done a couple segments with Good Morning Britain, which is really huge. It's a British version of Good Morning America. You know, so um, there's a focus there. Uh, I've been on air in Lagos with Arise News. So we have the United States, Britain, and we have Africa. You know, so it shows that I have a global reach. Wow, that is so powerful. Right. You know, my work is not here in the United States, there's also visibility in these other countries. Um, And that's important too, because the goal is to have a global presence, to be a global storyteller. Yes, a global presence. Did you hear that, guys? I hope that you all are taking plenty of notes, plenty of notes. I will be re-listening and taking my own notes. This is so, so good. And you're dropping gems for people who are journalists, for entrepreneurs, for publicists. Like, Listen, you are covering everyone, Tanisha. We are (laughs) being blessed by this. But we're going to take a quick break. And I'm going to play 
a little ad to support the podcast and then we're going to be back and i would like to talk to you a little about the hollywood strikes that are going on help Ooh. people understand like what that even is because um, <laughs> a lot of people don't even understand um what that is and then i would like to have some fun red carpet chit chat talk moments with you to That's close out is that okay all That's right we're gonna go to break and we will be back all right Looking to show some love for the Media Circus podcast with Taisha Bradley, celebrity publicist? Here's how. Hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Leave a review and share your media wins for a chance to be featured on the show. And by subscribing to Media Circus Publicity Leads on Patreon, you can support the podcast and get instant access to publicity opportunities for TV, magazines, major blogs, podcasts, and even red carpet events. So what are you waiting for? Show your support for Taisha Bradley and the Media Circus podcast today. And we are back with Tanisha mm. Laverne Grant. We were getting into it about everything. Listen, it's been a lesson. So I would like to change what we're talking about a little bit more. And I'm so glad to have you here because there's so many people who need this breakdown and understanding of the Hollywood strikes. And so the reason that I'm asking you about this is because I see on social media that you have been participating in some of the activities, kind of getting some of the awareness out. So would you please simplify what is going on to um, our listeners who are not, you know, in the entertainment space? What is essentially happening as a fight for fair pay? You know, can you imagine, and I'm sure you can, because we've all talk the big the great big conversation is you know pay equality pay equity you know so a lot of people in the hollywood space are not paid properly are not paid fairly you know actors have a base salary of twenty six thousand dollars that they have to make to have health insurance and they're not meeting that wow you know twenty six thousand dollars is essentially a salary that you would have if you had a part-time job a part-time job and you see the a-list actors right those are the guys that you see you know those are the ones with the great big you know million dollar contracts you know getting you know i don't know like sixty thousand, a hundred k 250k whatever their agents have negotiated with for them you know per episode you know for a television series that they're on but for the majority, the majority are not even making $26,000. Wow. You know, that's pretty frightful. Yes. You know, so um, people are not getting paid healthy residuals. You know, mm -hmm. the concern is with, um, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, people. Mm -hmm. you know, imagine having your likeness and a like your likeness, okay, being used um, and not getting paid for that. Right. That seems criminal. Exactly. Is that not identity theft in any other place? Yeah, you, know, <laughs> um, you know, Hollywood is big business. It always yeah. has. And, you know, it's at the top. You know, the corporations, mm -hmm. the big boys, they're, they're getting all of the bread and butter yes. and everybody else is getting, you know, not even crumbs. Not yes. even crumbs. I mean, you know, I, I did a film. Um, a couple years ago that just came out on Netflix over the summer called The Perfect Find, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there, there's not going to be a lot of residual in that for me. 
right? That's just the reality of it. There, there, there won't be a lot of residual um, in that for me. And that is what the fight is for. It's for getting paid fairly for the work that you are putting in as a creative. And this is a fight that isn't just about Hollywood. This is this is all across the board. Creatives need to be paid, which is why earlier I said, you know, don't call someone and ask to pick their brain. Mm-hmm. Ask them if their fee is. You know, or even say, hey, you know, I have a budget of $100 for a 20-minute call. Would you be interested in talking to me a little bit about the business? But don't come out the gate like a bottom feeder, like a vulture. Don't do mm-hmm. that. Don't right. The people who want you to work for free to help them make money. Right, right. You know, <laughs> very, listen, the very old um, business idea is that you buy low and sell high. You buy low and sell high. You know, yes. so you get talent for mere morsels. You get them to create for pennies. And then what they create, you sell it for gajillions. And they get mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that was a great explanation. Very simplified. What can people do to help support you all and help support the cause? Donate, donate to SAG-AFTRA. You know, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in New York, come out to the picket lines, drop off water, Gatorade, bring sandwiches. You know, support, donate, 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 donate you know, um, share the SAG after testimonials, you know, highlight an actor on your social media page. Um, it's really, it's really difficult because I, I feel like the message, you know, is not landing. You know, mm-hmm. I posted something about Billy Porter a couple weeks ago and oh how, gosh. you yes. know, and people were like, oh, well, he shouldn't have been overspending and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, wow, you know, we live in a hell you and nail you culture. Yes. So we held yes. you, we want you, we want you to get to a level of success in this space. Yes. And then when you get there and you have the success, it's like nail you back now. <laughs> nail you. Yes. Um, and it's just yes. terrible. I, I know how much money this business takes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so let's just say, for example, Taisha, you booked a gig and you're getting paid $20,000 for it. So that $20,000, the IRS has got to get paid, right? Okay. Your manager, if you have one, they got to get okay. paid. Your publicist, if you have one, has got to get paid. Your Half my money is gone already. <laughs> right. You got to get paid, right? Student okay. Have that you got to get paid. <laughs> electric, mobile, internet. You know, I even groceries, groceries and rent. Groceries. Children. Right. You know, so yeah, not a lot. Let let us be kind mm-hmm. to our creative. Let us not be so judgmental, so swift to judgment. Yes, That's what saying. Let's not be so swift to judgment for something that we really don't understand the delicate nuances of. Yes. I think so many people on the outside, you know, when we see people um, in Hollywood and entertainment and on TV, we just automatically, you know, 
give them this. You're definitely rich. You're famous. No. You have all these privileges. You have all these material things. You have all this endless money, you know, and we don't. So, you know, oh, sad for you. You lost your mansion. I never had one. But we can liken these things to our very own things. Like how often is it that someone can buy a house or buy a car and then lose their job afterwards? And then it becomes a burden, a debt when yeah. before it was not. Yeah. So, you know, we just have to scale it, you know, yeah. Yeah. The same things just on a different scale, yeah. but it's still just as traumatic and impactful. And it's so, it's so crazy because in one minute we'll say, you know, walk by faith and not by sight, you know? So when you have someone like Billy Porter who has really worked his way. He's worked really hard to have the level of success that he's had yeah. and has been experiencing in this industry. You know, so if he is beginning to make money, you know, of course he wants to buy something nice for himself, you know, Absolutely. maybe one, two or three properties. I don't know how many properties he has, but you know, a loss of one is still a loss. It's yeah. still a loss, you know? And so we talk about, you know, and, you know, Christians, you know, we, we talk about, you know, faith, walk by faith and not by sight. So yes. why, why can't he buy? Why, if he has said, you know what, the data looks like my career trajectory is going this way. Yes. So I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to get this property, you know, because I know that God will continue to provide. But then on the other hand, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, oh, you know, you're overspending or, you know, he didn't put anything aside. We don't know what he put aside right. and what he didn't put aside. Right. You know? Yes. I think that that really let us know how bad it was getting, how bad it was, you know, has yeah. been for you yeah. all when that happened. I think that was very public. And, you know, everyone loves Billy Porter. And we were like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's going on here? You know, I think that grabbed a lot of people's attention and made it very real. Yeah. I mean, and it's 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 really hard. It's really hard because, you know, actors of color, indigenous people, unfortunately, sometimes we operate from a place of black because, we, you know, it is that's that's the reality. There's been a lot of lack for us, a, a lack of opportunity, a lack of information, you know, a lack of how to acquire and build wealth and keep wealth. And, you know, there's there's all this lack. And so, you know, as a creative, I know for myself, you know, I, I've struggled financially. I mean, I've walked through some turnstiles in New York City because I didn't have a, a metro card. You know, I've gone on dates with men that I had no business going on dates with so I could eat. You know, I mean, that's just the hard truth of it all, you know. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I get an opportunity to make, you know, a healthy salary for my art, of course, I want to, you know, put some aside. But I also, you know, I, I, I want that house that I've been wanting for so long, yeah. you know, and if it looks like. I'm going to continue on this track that maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time for me to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you see envision as like the most ideal income outcome? I'm saying income out. We talk about money yeah. outcome. Right. Right. <laughs> what, would be, most, what would be ideal? The most ideal icon outcome, honestly, is just fair pay, fair salary, you know, fair residuals, 
you know, let's figure out what this whole, um, you know, artificial intelligence thing is going to be. You know, let's just have a healthy conversation about money. Pay us, pay creatives, pay the actors, pay the writers, pay the journalists. You know, for those like myself who work in the red carpet space, there are no premieres right now, <laughs> you know, so. Right. <laughs> There's no, there's no premieres. There's no premieres. We're all in this together. You yeah, know, so that's work for the publicist too. We've been talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pay people what they are worth. Yes. Nice. Thank you so much. We will be supporting you all um, in all the ways that we can. If you are there and could be on the front lines, do so. Drop off water, snacks, whatever yeah. you can. Spread the word. Share the stories. Like we have to, we have to fix this because the trickle down is just. It's, it's getting to be more and more and more. And I think that it's going to affect people in different ways that they didn't even think. Like people are already talking now about how seasons of shows are not coming back, you know, or on hiatus. And yeah. so I think that now we're noticing, yep. you know, yep. what this it's, trickle down um, is. It's really bad. It's really bad. in Los Angeles, cities like L.A. and New York, you know, the cost of living is really high here. You know, I can go to the grocery store and buy six things and it's a hundred dollars. Yes. yes. I can't fathom that. I'm here in Tennessee and like mm -hmm. I literally what what would have been thirty dollars of groceries today was 117. I was like, I'm sorry, Woo! what <laughs> a four pound bag of sugar was almost four dollars. Yeah. Cooking oil was five dollars. Yeah. I was like, well, this has never been a better time to go clean. Yeah, because no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, I, I was snacking on just some, you know, watermelons on the break. Yeah, mm -hmm. it it is what it is. And this thing here, this was five dollars and eighty three cents. Yeah, you could have bought an entire watermelon. Yeah, too. <laughs> I, I don't even see those. I don't even see whole watermelons in the grocery stores out here. I don't see them in Ralph's. I don't see them in Whole Foods. I don't see them in Save On. I, I, I don't see, you always see just the little, the chopped up or the small, like mini seedless ones, but the big ones that you would be able to get on 125th street out the back of somebody's uncle's truck. Yes. <laughs> the fruit man. Yeah. Mm -mm. Buy so high. You said it. Yep. So yep. $5.03. Here we are. Right there. Thank you for sharing with that and enlightening. That was something I definitely want to touch on and talk about and bring notice to. Um, and thank you for making it understandable for us and everyone else yeah. who didn't quite understand what was yeah. going on. And let's so have some compassion. Let's have some compassion. Yes. yes. Definitely. We need it all over. It's yeah. <laughs> like, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I would like to talk to you some more about red carpet things. So I had the opportunity to work a red carpet as a publicist last year um, for the Dove Awards. And so I had done kind of carpet adjacent things, you know, throughout the year, but never had been on the carpet like as a as a publicist. Um, and listen, I felt like I could just have laid in that carpet and made carpet angels. I loved being on the carpet. I loved <laughs> everything going on. All yeah. the pre like I, I loved to pitch, but I didn't know that I had a love of pitching like 
person to person, you know, one on one. Everything has been so, you know, email, fax back in the day. I know that I used to fax pitches and press releases and things. Wow. Um, just the energy around it and the, you know, the not now circle back. Like, I absolutely loved it. I was like, oh, listen, I want to be exclusively a red carpet publicist. Like, I could do this all day. Now, don't get me wrong. I was tired. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> When I got home, I was exhausted, but I felt so full and kind of energized and everything. So can you, can you tell us like how you um, ended up kind of choosing the red carpet space to dominate like you do? I know why you love it, but tell everybody. <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to cover red carpet specifically because I did not see enough Black women. Um, and I didn't see enough Black women who were authentically Black, you know, and who had the freedom to be authentically Black in the red carpet space. You know, um, I remember watching, oh my goodness, um, I'm having like a mind flub right here. God forgive me. Like I just turned 50. Mind flubs are really real. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah I, 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 I just want to say that it was just really important for me to see, you know, Black women um you know who look like i do in the space you yes. know that was um that was the most important for me like i i can remember seeing tanika ray um when she was on um access hollywood mm -hmm. and or i'm sorry extra when she was on extra and seeing her with her natural hair i was like oh my god it's finally coming you know, it's finally coming where women can, black women can show up as some full selves, as their full selves, um, and be able to see blackness, you know, yes. in its full beauty display and, and pageantry. I was trying to think of Sean Robinson, uh, uh, Robinson yes. um, who was on Access, I believe, if I'm if my memory serves me correctly was amazing, amazing. And I was just like, wow, you know, black women, you know, in entertainment news covering red carpets, but because it's so niche, it's mm -hmm. so niche, it's hard to show up in a newsroom and say, oh, I want a red carpet beat. That's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because there are so many, first of all, you're going to have to jockey for position with so many other journalists who are in the newsroom who want to do that. Um, and so for me, what I did was essentially was meet the time and context of my life. I met the time and context of my human experience. So what I'm saying is when I decided that I wanted to return to the red carpet space, I was already almost 40. I was 39 years old. So we're talking 10 years ago because I just turned 50. So I was just like, okay, how how am I going to cover red carpets? I know I can't walk into a newsroom and say, I just want, I want to do entertainment journalism and I want to be on every red carpet that comes on a calendar, that comes on the entertainment news bulletin because there are like hundreds throughout the year. And, you know, and this is a viable and sustainable paycheck like that, like that's what I want to do. So I knew that it would be most difficult for me to walk into a newsroom and demand that. So I had to do it for myself. So what I did was I identified a media partner, allied with them, 
they allowed me to use their outlet as a credential, you know, so I became the editor, the managing editor. I was, I was the all, I was every woman, every position, you know, so what it allowed me to do was have complete control. And I began, I began to pick the big PR houses like Sunshine Sachs, right? Like Rubenstein, who slate, right? All these big PR firms had the big temple contracts. They had the Golden Globes. They had the Independent Spirit Awards. They had Tribeca Film Festival. So I'm like, okay, that that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, you know. And so once they accepted my pitches, I just the rest is history. You know, I would show up early. I would leave late when I got there. I thanked everybody for having me. When I left, I thanked everybody for having me. Mm-hmm. Those publicists did not have to reach out to me to for their links. They had their coverage within 24 hours because My. on an application, when you are applying for a red carpet position, one of the questions is, what are your goals for the coverage? You know, what are your coverage plans? Mm-hmm. You know, and so you have to be able to discuss in a you know, elegant way, like what your coverage plans are. And you need to, you have to meet those. You have to keep your word and say, oh, my goal is to conduct one-on-one interviews with five to seven high profile celebrities with a focus on this person, this person, and this person. The content will serve as evergreen content, evergreen content, which is that content really never expires. Right. You you yes. drop it into the culture when it's applicable. You know, like say mm-hmm. like right now, Kiki Palmer is in the conversation because of what happened. Mm-hmm. She danced on stage with Usher. So yeah. I had an interview with Kiki Palmer, dropped it on social, tagged the PR firm who gave me the clearance to interview her on that particular activation. You know, and so mm-hmm. that's how I stay in the conversation. That's how that's everybody's right yes yeah if say you know in addition to evergreen content i'm going to turn this story around in 24 to 48 hours and you'll get the link that means i'm going to do a story a post story and it'll say kiki palmer you know has five things that she wants to say to young actresses so that's Mm -hmm. the story or kiki palmer attends um you know uh tribeca film festival because the goal is to have the activation that the PR firm is um, facilitating in the story headline. Yes. Yes. You know, so that's that's important. The headline has mm-hmm. to mention, you know, if I'm cleared to cover Tribeca, Sun, Sunshine Sachs says, okay, Tanisha, we want your outlet mm-hmm. on the red carpet for this particular film inside of Tribeca Film Festival because there are thousands. So I'm like, okay, cool. Interview Kiki Palmer. Boom. Kiki Palmer had five things to say while at Tribeca Film Festival. Interview. Boom. Blur. Bloom. Send the links to Sunshine. They're like, oh my God, this is so great. And then in the next, you know, three or four weeks, media invites Nish Laverne Grant from Sunshine Sachs. It's another activation that they're covering. Yes. 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 They they return to like your work and they return to you. Yeah. And you get more even more opportunities. Right. Turn the work in. Turn the work in. Follow the rules and guidelines set forth. Like follow the rules and guidelines. That's really important. You know, like yes. 
Follow the rules. Follow the guidelines. Follow the rules. Definitely. Follow the rules and guidelines, you know, and ask for what you want. Ask for what you need. It's so important. One thing I started asking for was a seat at the table, Mm -hmm. which means not only do I want to cover the red carpet, but I want to be in the room. I want to be in the in the show. I want to see the show. So when I do my pitch, I ask for red carpet coverage. And I also ask, is there a designated media table for members of the press? Mm, yes. Ask for that. Ask for that. That way, you know, you don't have to like try and sneak into the event after the mm. red carpet is over. You have a press credential. Sometimes, yes. right? Sometimes there is a media table. Sometimes there is not. Sometimes there's just a media lounge. Mm -hmm. But what is important for me, and I I, want to say this to every journalist out there, do not allow a publicist to minimize your contributions to their activation. Do not allow a publicist to make you feel like you do not belong and you should not be asking to have a seat at the table. Because if they can call on you to help move their brand and elevate their brand and interview their talent and get press assets for their talent, then they should look out for the journalists who want to stay and enjoy the full fare of the activation and not discard you. Don't let anybody discard you. That's that's not what we're doing. We're not treating journalists like, oh, thank you for covering our event. Now go, go. No, no, no. Mm-mm. We're not relationships, relationships. That's our one publicist and journalists. <laughs> We're yeah. in the same fight. Yeah, We're <laughs> we one. need to be working together to make we are one. sure we are that one. we're okay. Especially us who are in the black and brown space in the right. media. It's so very few of us already, you know, the opportunities are even fewer. So when we are able to work together, we need to work together well. We need to look out for each other, make right. connections because, you know, we're, we see these people. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so it's, I wholeheartedly really agree. It's, it's, listen, whoever is advocating for you, who is nurturing you, who has been kind to you, please return the serve, you know, return the serve. Because what I noticed about, you know, <clears throat> pardon me, black and brown women in this space. And I said this before the show even started. I want to say it, say it again here. Yeah, please. The, sister, the sisterhood is so selective. The sisterhood is so selective. You have journalists who work for, you know, the big mainstream outlets who just don't engage other journalists who are not with, the quote unquote designer big name outlets. And I think that's just woefully ridiculous and it's dismissive and it's reductive and it's unnecessary and it's rank and it's file and it's disgusting, to be honest. You know, I mean, I speak from experience. I see journalists who, you know, work for the Entertainment Tonight, the Access Hollywood, the Extras. And the men are sometimes really cool, but the black women who work in those spaces can be very standoffish. I don't get it. You know, I'll engage them on social media, like their post comment, and they know who I am. Like they know who the fuck I am and won't engage back, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's selective sisterhood. 
Yeah. Oh, I like that. For whatever reason, because I'm not with this particular outlet, you know, I am not worthy of your affirmation and collective work. Like it's so, it's, it's so ridiculous mm-hmm. and it's disgusting. You know, and so while my career will go on, whether or not they support or not, we cannot talk about, you know, sisterhood and I have your back and I'm pulling people with me. No, you're not pulling anybody up. You're pulling people who are you see as your equal. You know, you're affirming people Mm -hmm. who you think are on your level. Mm -hmm. But anybody who you believe is not on your level, you're not engaging them, you know, in social media where that matters too, right? Because that helps move the algorithm. Right. Right. Yes. We need to do better. We do need to do better. And we need black talent, black talent. I need you to post more of those interviews with black journalists, with black media outlets, with the same level of enthusiasm that you post your NBC assets, your ABC assets, you know, your good day LA assets. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. I can't even tell you, I can't name not one celebrity that I've ever interviewed that has shared our interview on their platform. I've been doing this for a decade. I don't have one black talent that I have sat and interviewed with that I've tagged on an interview and they reposted it. Not a one. How's that possible? (laughs) Wow. Okay. It's problematic. (laughs) Why is that? Problematic. The call letters are not there. But then we talk about supporting Black media and supporting Black journalists. Yeah. Y'all are full of shit. Y'all are really full of shit. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. What can we do to do better? Where, where can we start? You know what? I don't even know if there's an answer for it because the answer, yeah. people are not, people are, are not moving with the answer because the answer is sharing. The answer is collective work. The answer mm-hmm. is, you know, supporting one another, right? Supporting each other of every career level. You know, there have been publicists that I'm so grateful for that have supported me at every career level. Support me regardless of to what outlet that I'm covering for. But I guess, you know, because again, back to what I was saying was we operate from a place of lack. We're always so, we're holding our stuff so close to the chest. Like we're so afraid, you know, somebody's going to take our position. Right. Because we feel like we have very little already. Yeah. You know, you know, um, but yeah, it's very big picture that is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very sad. And it's also, it's very hurtful too, to be completely honest. If I'm going to be transparent, it's like, well, okay. Mm. So I'm on a press line with you guys. I see you all. We, it's a very small community of Mm -hmm. black entertainment journalists that are covering red carpets. We see each other all the time. But you are only engaging with this particular group because they have call letters that are similar to your own, that are the respectable, quote, ambitious 
you know, I broke right. through the glass ceiling type of experience. Bullshit. Yes. Bullshit. We mm. all do the same job. And right. because you were with one outlet today, doesn't mean you're going to be with that same outlet tomorrow. And it's really important to support people. I don't even want to say of career level because I can report crop circles around anybody that works for Access Hollywood, Extra, Entertainment Tonight, NBC, Fox, whatever. You know, I put my work up against anybody's. Anybody. Yes, anybody. Career level. It's about, <laughs> it's about the outlet. It's yes. about the outlet. Like your path mm. is your path. My path is my path. Another journalist, their path is their path. But I don't understand why we can't work and commune together. I don't understand why if I see you on a red carpet, it's difficult for you to, you know, respond to my hello back or, or my wave back. Yes. Yeah. It's wild out here. Yeah. I think oftentimes people are intimidated or they judge themselves or they may measure themselves against someone like you and it makes them, you know, feel very uncomfortable or intimidated or, you know, maybe they aren't on that, that level because we know that you are that girl, <laughs> yeah. you know, and certainly they know that and they see you. So, you know, I mean, I, I see I, it all the time. Like I'll yeah. have, I've been on carpets where, you know, there's a journalist from a mainstream quote unquote mainstream, you know, bigger notable outlet will walk by and they won't speak to the rest of us who are out there. You know, and at the end of the carpet, the journalists will come up to me. These are younger black women, you know, and some of the younger men too will come up to be like, well, wow, you know, she didn't even speak. Like, you know, she could have said hello or he could have said hello. And I'm like, I don't know guys, but we're still out here getting our gets. You know, yeah. we're still in the same space as they are, right? Yeah, you know, same room. You see yeah. me. I'm in here with you. Yeah. She interviewed Halo. You, you interviewed me. Halo. She interviewed Halle Berry. You interviewed Halle Berry too. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like this whole this pecking order, this whole sisterhood thing, I have a problem with it because it is most selective and it is grotesque the way you guys are out, out here trying to determine who is worthy of what. It's mm -hmm. it's just Mm. Yes. Well, I thank you for pressing on and doing the work that you do and thank continuing you. to be great and yeah. to do even more greatness out there, especially on the carpet. Thank you. What has been, I would say, uh, your worst day on the carpet and your best day on the carpet? Because things happen on that carpet. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I, you know, I don't have worst days on the carpet. No, 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 it's all good. Even the challenges. No pause, no you know, wardrobe challenges. You know, but those even, you know, no first interviewees all, acting up. <laughs> this, this, is, this is my thought process. So I know how hard I've worked throughout the course of my career, you know, to cover red carpets. So what, what could go wrong? Like I'm here. Like I've, yeah. I've got in my hand. Everything else is gravy. You know, even if, true. right, everything else is just, you know, it's par for the course. It's par for the course. Yeah. I mean, have there been moments where like, you know, my light will go out? Yeah. You know, 
But that's a small thing in the grand scheme of things. You know, the, the big thing for me is that, you know, God has blessed me with this amazing opportunity to cover red carpets in Hollywood, in New York City, some of the biggest temples, and to be able to have the opportunity to interview some of the biggest names um, in television and film and to be able to participate and tell their, and tell their story, um, you know, that, that's the cream on top for me. You know, so just, you know, mm. being there is amazing. Being there is amazing. Like, that's it. It's an amazing experience. You know, being able to talk with Samuel Jackson and go back and forth with him in a very warm and convivial way. You know, interviewing his wife, you know, talking with Will Smith, having a moment with Halle Berry, who's my fellow Leo sister. Like, we both had birthdays, you know. Um, you know, like that's, that's, that's the good spot. You know, if I have a wardrobe malfunction, okay, let's, let's fix that, but let's get back to the interview. Right. I love it. Yeah. Because I know, I know how difficult it is to be a black woman, to be a black woman with this aesthetic, to be a bald black woman, you know, and to be able to have an opportunity to work in the entertainment journalism space in Hollywood. Um, it's not wasted on me. It's right. not wasted on me at all. And so I, I can't even say, you know, again, like worst experience. And I get it. Like I understand that conversation because some people may say, oh yeah, well, you know, I got to the carpet and this happened, you know, because one of the things that exists in the red carpet space, and I know you know, is the tier system of where an outlet can be placed on the carpet. You know, the bigger outlets go at the top, medium outlets go in the middle, and typically they would have all of the black outlets at the end of the carpet. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's definitely a problem because then there's no, there's no equity there. And a lot of times what was happening is those big name talents that I just mentioned, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Samuel Jackson, you know, their publicist like yourself would only have them do the top part of the carpet. Yes. Yes. Because that's where the big name outlets are. Mm -hmm. But it would behoove any publicist to make sure that their talent is doing the entire press line. Yes. Yes, definitely. Because every journalist is there to tell a story. Right. Or at least, you know, get to the black media outlets. Right. <laughs> we, make careers. we make careers. And that's why it's so sad. You know, when I said of all the journal, I mean, of all of the um, people that I've interviewed over the years, it's just like, I, I have one person, Anthony Hamilton, shared um, our interview. And that's because I asked him, you know, right. I just pointedly asked him. Um, but for the most part, no, no, because of, you know, white ice is colder. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well, good. Thank you for that. That gives a good perspective, you know, of, of just being grateful, you know, to be moving in flow and doing what yeah. you love and, you know, all those things so that there really are no bad days. I'm definitely going to yeah. integrate that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into my work style. No bad days. Yeah, because you're, <laughs> I'm living my dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so many of us are, but it isn't exactly how we dreamt it. So we right. aren't realizing it, you know? 
you know, I would I wouldn't say that I thought that I was living in my dream just yet, but you know, I work for myself and you know, I kind of kind of come and go as I please and you know, I'm doing fun things and creative things and that is the dream because when I was sitting in an office, you know, doing a 9 to 5 having to ask to go to the doctor or to use my phone, you know, my dream was to be on my own time, to be working for myself and you know, and so yeah. just because I'm not in my mansion and doing it yet does not mean that I'm not already yeah. living in yeah. my dream in other people's yeah. dreams. Yeah. You know, we're all transformative. You know, that's the beauty of, of, of life. And that's why I was speaking to the whole, you know, selective sisterhood. You know, we're all transformative and you don't know where people are going to be from one level of their life to the next. Yes. You know, so treat, treat everybody fairly you know, treat everybody with, you know, speak with a level of joy when you see people, you know, because you just, you don't know. Yes. You don't know. And you, you you show yourself already. You show yourself, right? You show yes. yourself from a very low vibration when you're being selective, you know, about who you think is worthy of your camaraderie. Um, worthy of your friendship, worthy of, you know, you um, taking notice of them, you know? Yes. We're all in this. We are. We are. I want to thank you so much for no. being on the podcast. Look, I have gone over time, but I see why you do what you can do. You are so easy to talk to. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I really thank you so much for being here. Oh, and so happy belated birthday. I thank saw you. your photos on Instagram. It was fabulous. I knew that it was. Thank I made you. sure that I watched Instagram. Thank oh. you for the invitation to come to your party. Oh, I wish welcome. I could have. But listen, next year. Here. Yeah. yeah. Circle back. Circle back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Circle you know. Back and you know, run it how you run it. You know, I don't believe in edits. I I, I speak from my heart. I speak the truth. You know, yes. I speak my truth, and it is what it is. We need to do better with the sisterhood, you guys. We do. We do. You know, we and they all, there there are other HBCUs besides Spelman, Morehouse, and Howard. Yes. Listen. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing and for sharing from the heart and all the knowledge that you shared with us, you know, about you and your career and different tips. I think you gave like some jewels and gems for some of every everybody who listens to this podcast and even people who are just blessed and stumble upon it. So many good jewels and, you know, things that we can pick up from it. I love your spirit. I love where you're coming from. You're so nice and calm, but then you're also not the one, the two or the three. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that so much about you. Thank so thank you. you all for listening to the Media Circus podcast with Tanisha Laverne Grant as our guest. Thank you fabulous. So and I'm Taisha Bradley, your hostess. And I thank you. And I would love to have you back for episode 12. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Circus, with your host Aisha Bradley. Got virtual and live events to browse, picture and repeat so gladly. And she got that.